Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm here today with Steve Epstein, owner of Epstein Partners. He's a musician and very knowledgeable about the topic we're going to be talking about. And I'm also here with Kostis Protopapis, Artistic and General Director of Opera Santa Barbara. And we're going to have a great conversation about one of the impacts of COVID-19 that I think a lot of people have not talked about, they're not aware of. They've forgotten. It's sort of slipped through the cracks, but it's probably one of the most important impacts that we have experienced, and that's this loss of live music, live music in public spaces. So I'm going to just sort of turn it over to you guys, and I want you to sort of talk about what, what's going on here. What are you guys doing in Santa Barbara to help address this, this issue? Look, I, I believe that, and I'm going to just say performers, because it could be dancers, it could be. We don't want to eliminate anybody in the in the performing arts um, wheelhouse, and so it could be dancers. It could be ballet, Santa Barbara, you know, or uh, Santa Barbara Ballet. It's not limited to opera, Santa Barbara, or the symphony, or our friends that play music out on the street, uh, who would normally be playing in bars and nightclubs, but of course that can't happen. Um, but by now, hopefully, almost everybody has read the uh, op-ed piece that our, our group put out. It was covered by, I think, most news outlets. And the biggest challenge we're facing is the entertainment segment is the only segment that's been completely and totally left out of the conversation. Look, not that I get pedicures and manicures, but I could today. Mm -hmm. I could walk into a nail salon and get a mani-pedi. Super cool. I'm glad they're back in business and, and doing what it takes to safely and sanely uh, serve the clientele that so desperately want to give the money to get a Manny Petty. Super cool. The question is, why is there no legitimate conversation around any sort of public performance? And to be clear, we wanted to define public performance as Costis having two opera singers on a balcony over State Street. Or something like that. It doesn't have to, we're not talking about starting the Santa Barbara Bowl back up because there's no easy way to get even a quarter of the capacity. The bowl's roughly 5,000 people. So let's say you put 1,250 people in there, 1,250 people. Well, they got to use the restroom and they need refreshments and there would be um, inappropriate congregation in theory, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, sit 10 feet away from everybody and put on your mask when you get up. But that, controlling 1,250 people in that environment could be tough. Now, I worked at the Bowl for 27 years, and it breaks my heart to, to know that, you know, we're probably um, not going to see a bowl season until 2022. It really breaks my heart. Um, I guess we're maybe 2021. Um, but, uh, although I think they might have canceled it already, um, but we're talking about small, controlled, safe and sane performances. Yeah, <clears throat> I think the, the one thing that's very important for everybody to understand is that the umbrella of the performing arts includes myriad activities. It includes everything from um, a, a busker who plays guitar on the corner on State Street to a four-person cover band who plays bars to a one-man play or one-woman play in the ensemble theater at the New Vic all the way up to full symphony concerts and the, the, the Santa Barbara Bowl. So all that, it, that's a vast industry and each sector of it uh, can be dealt differently. Um, the problem here is that right off the bat, starting in April, with uh, the governor's first reopen, the road to resilience, I think it was called, 
um, we were all lumped together in two words, concerts and festivals. Mm -hmm. So in other words, Steve's three-piece band is supposed to follow the same regulations as Coachella. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. As illustrated by what's happening right now, this is probably the best example I can show. In the red tier, movie theaters are allowed to operate indoors, indoors, at 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is greater. Um, live performance cannot occur anywhere, including outdoors. So you can have 100 people go into a movie theater and have 100 people coming into that movie theater every two hours, but you can't have 50 people socially distanced in a park listening to a band or listening to a string quartet or listening to a pianist. You can have churches operating indoors, but technically, according to the state of California, if you were to remove the pulpit and replace it with a grand piano and keep everything else the same, yeah. one is legal, the other is illegal. Yeah. So that's basically where the problem starts. And obviously, the second thing is that Steve and I have, a, you know, uh, I have been outspoken about is that here in Santa Barbara, the local authorities are not advocating for us. They are blindly following the state and they are basically here to throw the book at us rather than represent us and say, this is wrong. The, yes, the state has these regulations, but the state needs to change these regulations now because the performing arts industry, as I described it before, is the last industry that has been completely excluded from the reopening 100%. So what are they telling you? Are the local officials saying this is a state order, this so is state here's, driven? Here, yeah, here's, here's how the progression went. Local city management politicians said, well, it's really county health. Well, you know, county health isn't taking any direction from Costis and Steve and our mm -hmm. and our uh, ad hoc committee of a rather formidable ad hoc committee. You've you've got the list, but it's mm -hmm. the major entertainment stakeholders in this community, uh, and then some. So then it, we get kicked to the supervisors, who in theory work much more closely with county health, and they say, well, it's the state. So what you have is a bunch of people standing around pointing elsewhere. Mm -hmm. The state mandate actually does not, in our opinion, does not specifically address what we are being told is banned because it says concerts and festivals. Again, I hate to keep going back to this, but, you know, Coasties having two tenors, you know, or a tenor or a soprano on a balcony 50 feet in the air over State Street singing does not present. I mean, look, the 500 block of State Street looks like a Petri dish to me right now. Yeah. So, um... And, and, you know, it is what it is. I mean, people are eating out on parklets, and you can't eat and drink with a mask on. But I happened to play on the 500 block of State Street last weekend, and I was rolling gear down the sidewalk. You know, I cut in from the parking lot at Institutional Ale, and I was shocked. At, I mean, I was touching people inadvertently trying to get through the crowd. Yeah. Yes, I, that, that was a surprise to me, too. I mean, I have never, I've always, as soon as the restaurants were open, I, I went out. I eat out probably four nights a week. I'm out on the town a lot. But this is the first time that I went to the 500 block last Saturday, and this was a that was a different world. Um, this was, I mean, there was no social distancing. So, are we addressing the right problems here? Um, so, what I was going to, to, in terms of the authorities, I want to clarify this: <clears throat> the state says nothing about our business. Nothing. There is no guidance. If you go to the guidance page, it has guidance for churches, for restaurants, for hair salons, for tattoo parlors, for paintball, 
you know, <laughs> studios for yoga, you name it, tattoo parlors, gun shops, anything. It has nothing. Movie theaters, of course, extensively, uh, but nothing about live theater. It's as if in Sacramento, live music and live theater doesn't exist. It is this, the county then who, in the absence of any direction from the state, elects to put some language in the county or there says, no live music, no live performance, no live performance venues. And this kind of goes to that whole issue of hypocrisy or inconsistent messaging with COVID-19, which is happening. For example, we're not supposed to gather, but you go to the 500 block, and it's yeah, like Del Playa down people. The head of county health um, in a Zoom call where I was president acknowledged that, yes, they, 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 there is no definition of gathering. So, <clears throat> church is not a gathering, apparently, because we can have that, right? Or 50 people sitting at a restaurant outdoors without their masks and drinking alcohol and, you know, whatever is not a gathering, but me putting in disciplined fashion 50 people in a park or in the parking lot with controlled ingress and ingress and egress with mandatory masks, with staff on my own payroll that will enforce these regulations, that's considered a gathering. That can't happen. So the words arbitrary and capricious come to mind, <laughs> right? So look, I, I was not in the camp of, hey, we just have to open everything up because the economy demands it. I'm nowhere near in that camp, and I guarantee you Costis isn't either. No. We, everything that we've talked about, and I think we touched on it pretty well in the op-ed piece, everything we have discussed is in the confines of doing it safely and sanely. Right? I keep using that. I know they talk about fireworks, safe and sane fireworks, but we want to have safe and sane performances. It can be done. Costis at one point a long time ago did put a couple opera singers up on a balcony and had his staff down on the street making sure that, that people that didn't, there weren't obvious pods, a couple, you know, obviously they're probably living together, they're married or whatever, and they're, they're living together. So that's not an issue, but, but his staff was there to go, hey, if you don't, didn't come with these people, you know, you need to be farther away. And by the way, people are doing that when they can, again, taking away from the 500 bucks, organically. I think, you know, I, I find myself now when people get too close to me taking a step back. Just as a habit. It's weird. because well, this thing in the world we live in. I mean, I think we're all used to it. I, you know. Sad, but it, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, one thing to add is like in the context of, again, I'm, I, I would like to repeat that this is not about classical music. This is not about the opera. This is not about the symphony. This is about everything. This is about the buskers. This is about the jazz quartet. This is about all of us. But as it happens, an organization like mine, generally has a following of people who are very compliant. One thing that needs to be understood is that if I were to have a 45-minute, say, opera concert, right, um, without intermission, without beverages, without nothing, people come in, we take their temperatures if we have to, you know, whatever. They sit down. We, I have marked on the grass where each part of people are going to sit. I know exactly where they're going to come in and come out. I have an audience who will be 100% compliant. Yeah. If you have been to an opera or a symphony, you probably know that people don't talk and generally don't dance and sit in each other's laps. So that's why... Or, or my, share beers. Or share beers. <laughs> there is no, I mean, sure, in the good times, we had beers in the Granada, which is great. Uh, but we don't have to have beers to have opera. I, I know people who are really wanting to hear music and they will stand on their head to get it. So if I tell them, you're wearing your mask, they wear their mask. Now, we live in a small town. You know the elected officials. 
Have you had the conversations with them and said, hey, we need to address this? I know it's not addressed here, but you're in a leadership position. Do something. Have you had that conversation? We've spoken to a few council members. Um, and again, other than kicking the can laterally, you know, taking a, I'm not a football fan, but I'll use a football analogy. Other than doing a lateral pass, you know, they have not been, you know, it's easy to hide behind my hands are tied. But Costis is right. He sent me a video of that guy down at Riverside. I don't know if he was a council member or supervisor. supervisor. Counter supervisor. But, and he wasn't saying, look, we just need to open things up because the economy's hemorrhaging. He said we need to open certain things up in a, in a way that makes sense. But we need to have a conversation about that versus just talk to the hand, right? Right. Now, one one uh, council member did say, and, and we have a subcommittee that's that's working on this. But one council member, I think, very uh, intelligently said, "What would be good?" Because we were still in purple at the time. This would have been over a week ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Said it would be really good if we had the set of protocols that you allude to in your op-ed piece, and we touched on some things like busking zones or perform. I didn't even use the word busking. Performance zones. Yeah. Um, because, for instance, the Third Street Promenade does, and I believe Pearl Street and Boulder does, and I cite those two because I've spent a fair amount of time in both of them. They have performance zones, right, that are, that are comfortably away from people eating, that are comfortably away from the flow of traffic, and if you got organized about it, you wouldn't have my guys playing Tom Petty and Rolling Stones covers next, you know, within 10 feet of an opera singer. First of all, they can sing louder than we can, with, even with the amplified music. So they would drown us out. Hey, sometimes putting out an opera singer is the best way to keep people distanced. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, I, I, look, and I've seen a lot of opera because I was in theater production for decades. But uh, a, a good tenor is a thing to behold. Um, uh, you know, so the best thing I've gotten from a local politician was please hone the protocols. So that when we get comfortably into the purple, which we are now, yeah. the red. I'm sorry, the red from the purple. Thank you. Um, that that we can segue potentially segue towards live performances. So we are working on the protocols, but as you recall from the op-ed piece, uh, we suggested a minimal permitting fee. So you know that whoever it is that's performing has agreed to adhere to the protocols, right? And he's serious about it, right? And because we have everybody you can imagine on this ad hoc committee from the Santa Barbara Symphony to the opera to guys who play rock and roll on the street, I personally think there should be some minimal audition for the integrity of art. I really don't want the guy who's got a styrofoam cup and is beating on trash can lids. (laughs) Not that I haven't seen, I mean, I went to Stomp and saw that. It was people beating on trash can lids and it was entertaining. But you know what I mean? It should be appropriate and they should be uh, demonstrating the commitment to their art. Yeah. And I don't mean to be snotty about that, you know, like some music's better than others. It's hard to, uh, I mean, there's art in this room. Is, is, is that aerial picture of a sewage waste treatment plant artistic? I don't know. It's interesting, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be the, the arbiter of art, but I think there should be some audition process. Then there should be zones. And there should be times. You don't just sit up there in a zone and play for eight hours if there's people waiting for that zone. So it, and you know beyond anything else, I mean, I, you know, my organization. A lot of people probably haven't gone to an opera or haven't probably don't know what it takes to put together to put one on. All I can say is that we have in our normal lives, organizations like mine have a mechanism for keeping things running. I have people who can be around and 
you know, direct traffic, keep people safe, and I'm willing to put that machine to work not just for our events, but for everything. For I, guys, I can send a stage manager to you know make sure people are social distancing when I'm listening to Steve's band. Um, for me, this is not about the opera. For me, it's about bringing back live performance of all kinds. Um, having a full opera is far into the future for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But why can't we have music out there? So let me ask you sort of an emotional, touchy-feely question. What is the community lost by not having this kind of art in our community since the since the pandemic? There's well, lots of at, talk about economic <clears throat> impact. Uh, talk to me about what we all miss when this isn't. Well, there. look, uh, for a while, my group was playing down on the grass next to the Breakwater Restaurant in the harbor, uh, where that ukulele and guitar circle used to be. Mm. And we came to find out that people were calling the Breakwater Cafe to reserve tables, to have lunch. The Breakwater was ecstatic. They were bringing us iced teas. You guys want an ice cream? You know, are you going to be back next week? People would come up to us and say, I am so desperate for some sort of live music. I'm just so desperate. I mean, look, you're talking to people who, who have been entrenched in music most of our lives. So you're asking the wrong people because it, it, it hurts our soul not to, not to play music. I'll take Bruce, Bruce Goldish as a good example, right? The one guy who has a pass on public performance because they tried to toss him out of a parking garage and we all went berserk mm -hmm. and they offered him sort of a special dispensation permit. Bruce doesn't need that job. Bruce has a, he's a ER doc or an OR doc at, at Cottage Hospital and, a, and from my understanding, a very talented, or not doc, a nurse. And from my understanding, a very talented one. I'm guessing that pays enough to pay the rent here in Santa Barbara, pay his mortgage. Bruce plays for hours every night because Bruce has to play. Bruce is a performer. He's a guitar player. He's a very talented guitar player. He's doing that because he has to. <clears throat> and if you and if you aren't a musician, or you or you're not a performer, and it's not entrenched in your in your blood, you might not get it. But I think equally, there's a high percentage of the population that feeds off of performers, which it's, is why we have. A booked Granada usually year round with opera and ballet yeah. and symphony. I mean, and the, 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 the performing arts, the live performing arts experienced in person is one of the a unique activity of bringing people together. Uh, is a sense of community, is a sense of togetherness that people are. If there's one thing that, that people are deprived of. Uh, during, of course, people are, you know, obviously the people who are getting ill and dying, the people who lost their income, the people who experience it. But everybody across the board is suffering from the lack of contact, community, togetherness. The reason we have music is because the things that you say through music cannot be said any other way. Um, and people are sick of watching their TVs and their computers. Um, I mean, of course, a concert on the computer is better than no concert at all. Yeah. But it, it will never replace the real thing. You know, people who tell us, well, just go virtual. No, 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 that's not, it has to be in the moment. It's about people having this communal experience, which doesn't have to be on a large scale. And you don't have to be sitting in a packed auditorium. You can do it with 50 people separated in a, in a, in a, in a, on a park lawn. But it's, that's where it is, or theater, the theater that, I happen to be Greek, so I take extra pride in my ancestors having invented it. It was invented because it was a ritual that cannot... And that's why theater has blossomed over the last uh, 3,000 years. These are activities that cannot be replaced with anything else. And 
it, they, so they are essential. They are people, and from the on the standpoint of my workforce, where I'm have a little different situation, where the people that I employ actually depend on playing music or acting or singing to pay the rent. These people not only have they have been have they been deprived of their income, but they are having a huge existential crisis. When your life is the tribe, your life is getting up in the morning and going into a rehearsal with 40 other people. That community is our life. So my people have been deprived of the tribe. We've been deprived of everything that means something to us. Yeah. Well, I, I can say it in, in uh, two words. It's cultural deprivation, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, Costis is right. Some, some th- 3,000 odd years ago, some some Greeks got together and put on you know a Punch and Judy show. Who knows what, <laughs> who knows what they did? Uh, actually, I, I've read and, and uh, produced half of the Greek tragedies, so they're a little more than a Punch and Punch and Judy show. But it's it's been an essential core element of every culture. I don't care if you're sub-Saharan African or you're in Greece or you're a Native American in the Dakotas. There is dance rituals, there's music rituals, there are drum circles, whatever it is. And, and it's a binding agent for our society. So yes, the audiences are missing that social aspect. And what we're proposing is a far cry from an optimal social experience. I want to be clear about that because we're not talking about the libero and the bowl and the Arlington and the Granada yet. Baby steps. But Robin Elander, who runs the downtown organization, said, I'd be really happy if we just had busking zones on State Street. Baby steps. Now, my goal is a little bigger for the first baby step, and that would be State Street, the pier, and the harbor. We have safe, distanced, outdoor spaces where we can perform. There's probably a thousand balconies overlooking State Street. Like, who knows? Some would hold damn near a symphony, uh, an orchestra, and some would hold two opera singers. But the space exists, the people are there. And the weather exists. It does now. I don't know what it'll be like in three months. Well, I mean, I think even in three months, it's going to be better than it's going to be in New York in three months. (laughs) Well, yeah, and anything like today where it seems like it's 180 outside. Um, I wouldn't want to be sticking to a guitar today. Um, So it really is. It's cultural deprivation. And, And that goes both ways to what I was saying about performers. If you told Bruce Goldish he could never play the guitar again, I can't imagine what he would do. If you told, you know, Costis is a talented piano player. If you said, you're banned from piano playing the rest of your life, even the privacy of your own home. My guess is there would be a serious depression. I mean, a... Well, people are there. People are there. I mean, we all know that people of all walks of life are dealing with, with serious depression issues. But I can tell you, my workforce is depressed. Well, don't I, I see that every day on social media. I talk to people. This is not good. And these are some of the most creative people that you can have around. These are the people that our communities need. And that's what they do. Now, would you be looking at these zones as a temporary thing or a permanent thing once, if we ever get back to whatever we call Well, the city normal. official, right, whatever, <laughs> yeah, normal in quotes and italics maybe uh, <laughs> with a question mark on either side. Um, when I, one of the city officials said, hey, we couldn't possibly deal with this until we're through the global pandemic, I think the response from that individual was, yeah, that'd be cool because I think most of us think that 
State Street is going to go the way of the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, which, by the way, I've been advocating for for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Just close it down. Yeah. You know. um, I, I think we can, it's hard to predict the future. I mean, what what I think what what is safe to expect is that that society and culture and the way we live will will evolve based on various circumstances. You know, when they when they close the State Street, it was a temporary stopgap measure. Let's find some way to get those restaurants open. Um, so I hope they're going to keep it this way. That's my personal opinion. But who knows? The important thing to understand here is the pandemic is not going anywhere. It's not like you know, that, you know, we're gonna get through it. It's gonna be with us. Um, so that I was that, for, that, for the foreseeable for future. the foreseeable future. I mean, I I read an article the other day which I don't really find depressing because it is what it is. It said none of us expects that we're gonna go back to anything like January in our lifetimes. Yeah. This is a something that has increased the risk in on all. The entire spectrum of human activity is something that we all have to take seriously and we all have to learn to live with. Um, so to say that we'll, we'll wait to have live music until the pandemic is over is, is nonsense. The pandemic is not going to be over. Yeah. Now, yeah. I can hear, uh, you know, since I am a political reporter and I know how these people work, I can hear the voice of at least a couple of those council members saying, if we become this sort of live performance hub, we're going to get people to come. We're going to get people with COVID to come, and it's going to spread. And it's that never-ending loop, right, where we want to be normal, but we don't want to attract people. We want to reopen, but we don't want people to come. Well, first of all, Santa Barbara's, Santa Barbara's been a destination resort since I moved here in 1962, yeah. and that's only been amplified. You know, look, at do I miss the cruise ships now? No, I really don't, although economically having you know, 1,500 to 2,500 people disembark and spend an average of $93 a head while they were here was not a bad thing for us. But do I miss those floating Petri dishes? Absolutely not. But, but, um, there's no evidence now that, for instance, putting buskers on State Street is going to increase people using us as a destination uh, any more than they already are. They're already trying to get out of the heat. I mean, look at, when you see Palm and Terry and different people interviewing People on the state street. A lot of them are trying to get out of the heat out of this Bakersfield in the Central Valley or out of LA. Not that it's any cooler here, but they're coming here anyway. So if you don't want to do that, then tell the hotels to shut down. Yeah, but well, that's exactly it. That this is just a, such a so, such so hypocritical because <clears throat> those officials who would say that need to answer this question. During this partial reopening of the economy in Santa Barbara, do you want people to come to Santa Barbara or do you not want people to come to Santa Barbara? And that's because a question. reopening the economy means going back to doing the things that, you know, pay the rent and pay the tax revenue and all that. But, so in, it, but in a different so, way. In, but in a different way, yeah. So Santa Barbara is a tourist destination. That's what puts food on the table for a lot of people. So on one hand, we're going to open so that people can have work. But on the other hand, we don't want anybody to come in. So how are, people gonna come, how are the restaurants going to if people don't come in? So that's so hypocritical. Yeah. So, no, we want people to come to Santa Barbara and we're going to have the safeguards in place to control the spread of the pandemic. Again, it, if if we if the state or the city was saying you know this is a pandemic we're going to have an absolute lockdown until there's a vaccine now I wouldn't advise that but I would understand that would be consistent I would be saying yeah. no business no tourism figure it out until there's a vaccine but that's not what the state of California is doing the state of California is selectively and strategically reopening the economy and we are the only industry that is left out of it, it what it seems like to me and I'm not uh, to quote uh, to quote Hamilton I, I'm not in the room you know, where the decisions are made. 
but or whatever that what's whatever the exact uh, lyric is. But um, it it seems like the more vocal, well organized unions and groups get the attention of the governor or the health officials. You know, like you know, again, I, I'm sorry to pick on on manicures and pedicures, but somehow that's in you know that got to oh, be let's, okay. Let's pick on yoga. Okay, yoga. <laughs> we walked by a yoga class on the way into this studio yeah. that had a bunch of people without masks. You know, vigorous yoga involves some pretty strenuous breathing. They appeared to be reasonably well spaced. Their instructor was calling out their the moves. You know, whatever the moves yeah. without a mask. There was a boombox playing, um, and on a Saturday, there's probably two dozen people down there. I walked by. Right. So. That's okay, mm-hmm. but having the same number of people in the same spacing with masks on and playing music to them is not okay. Yeah, you put you who put, decided that? You put a quartet from the symphony in that same courtyard, which, by the way, would be delightful. The acoustics I've produced music in that courtyard. The yeah. acoustics aren't bad. You put a quartet down there, or you put a couple of opera singers in there. That's not okay, even though again, you just tell the the, the audience. Please do not remove your mask. So, I mean, this, what, what does this say? Because no one can argue that the activity that we're proposing is riskier COVID-wise than having yoga. The only, the, only, the only explanation is that in California, yoga is essential, but music is not. So what's the plan? That may be true, actually. California, they're big on you. That, that, <laughs> that, that was sarcasm. <laughs> and the scary thing is that it's almost a great that, that was sarcasm. <laughs> so what's the plan here? What, what is the next step? We, we've moved now to the red zone. So we can see that we're, we're seeing a little more, we're seeing more things open. Do you need to lobby somebody in Sacramento? Do you need to submit these sort of guidelines on the can, city council? We're not going to get any traction from Sacramento. Well, we need our local... I, I think it's a two-pronged approach, yeah. Stephen. I happen to be in a statewide task force that is beginning to lobby for the performing arts. This is okay. a group that's spearheaded by the Californians for the Arts. Uh, the task force is about two dozen people that represent the entire industry, classical music, theater, you know, rock festivals, some, some non-profit, some for-profit. And we have a lobbyist, and we're working on addressing that problem in Sacramento. So that is the big fundamental change that needs to happen. But what needs to happen here locally, since clearly our officials have no interest in advocating, what we need to do is we need everybody to understand what the situation is. Because everybody likes music, and most people like theater. We want folks out there to understand why we are not performing and why they can't have live music. is because... It's uh, this, this inequality. I mean, I think everybody cares about, most people care about fairness, right? I mean, we all want to live in a fair society. We don't want this industry to be discriminated versus the other. We need people to understand that um, the um, state has left us, you know, for dead and that local authorities aren't advocating for us, that we have safe ways that we can do what they love to get from us, and this, uh, the county and the state won't let us. Yeah, I'm going to pick on Greg Hart just because he's been the liaison to county health. You know, he's on the daily uh, updates. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, if Greg was on camera doing what the gentleman from Riverside was, the supervisor from Riverside, who was wonderfully eloquent and wasn't saying, look, it's just an, a pure economic thing and we have to open everything up because that's the way it should be, which is happening in some states around the country. I mean, <coughs> in Florida, the, the Ron DeSantis... And, and unfortunately, some of it has become, has become a partisan issue, which is the, the most right. tragic thing about a pandemic. Right. No, it's ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, 
uh, my business coach said he took his kid to a uh, golf tournament uh, in Arizona, and they were only ones in anywhere in the restaurants, anywhere wearing a mask, and people were giving them a hard time for wearing a mask, like yeah. because of the politics. I, but, I just I took my son to a disc golf tournament in uh, Las Vegas over the summer. Right. It was his birthday. He loves this. It was 118 degrees. But we're from California, so we're all concerned. We found a restaurant. They're like, well, they'll let us eat indoors. And so, okay, but we wore a mask. It was a, it was, it was an entirely different world. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was, it was, it was just, we're so well, it becomes a political different thing. here in California. But, yeah. but Costis is right. We need, instead of, of the local officials, whether it's the various city managers or, or staff or elected officials, what we need is how can we be a voice for you, our constituents, and not talk to the hand because the state has said it will be so, and we're not interested in pushing back. We push back against state rules all the time. When we got the ADU laws, at one point the city just said no and refused to even acknowledge it. So it's very selective. When the, when the city, when it's easy for the city, or the city doesn't like it, or they feel like they're losing control, they push back. And and the uh, the the what uh, Steve was referring to, some people may not have seen it. On it was on the um, the KTLA. Um, there was a group of supervisors and mayors from Riverside, San Diego, and Orange County. They had a press conference. You had several supervisors from different counties and several mayors, respectfully, articulately explaining why. Um, the way the state is handling certain aspects of the economy at the site is killing their communities. Um, I don't have specific knowledge about each one of those industries. All I know is my industry, and that's the case that we're making here. But what I appreciated is that um, those supervisors and those mayors were trying to tell the state that your rules are not working for us. And that's, I, we had hoped that our supervisors and our city officials would do the same. Yeah, one size does not fit all, and that's what we've gotten is no, no festivals and concerts. Great. Nobody in our group or in our orbit is talking about festivals and concerts. Moss Jacobs is in our group. He's not advocating for opening the bowl. Do you think if there were musicians on the council, they would feel differently? Is that? I can only hope, but uh, sure. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they can't, re- you know, that's one of the problems, of course, is they personally can't relate, and they're supposed to be leaders who can relate to Well, but can everything. they not relate to an industry that has just had the switch turned off? Right. Look at, I don't know how guys, I can't, can't keep calling people up. How does Spencer the Gardener make a living right now? Yeah. You know, he relies on Fiesta and Solstice and the Seafood Festival and all the cool things that Spencer shows up and we're all, we all appreciate seeing him and his band play because they're a staple in Santa Barbara. Got to do a live Zoom, which we already um, talked about is not the same. I, I, I do want to refer to your question about whether we would have musicians in the leadership um, uh, would help. Well, I think there are two things that are lacking from our leadership. One is understanding of the performing arts and the other one is courage. I think some people with a little bit more courage would help. Yeah, I, say, I think it's less, less of the former and more of the latter. <clears throat> so how, what are we doing with these uh, modifications, these rules that you're talking about? Do we have something on paper that says we want to allow these kinds of performances and these kinds of zones? What's the next step? We are currently fine-tuning the, the protocols that we would like to put forward. Uh, since nobody else is working on it, we have to do it. I, I would hope... That, that officials would be doing this, but they're not. And look, at, in their defense, 
they've got a lot of fish to fry, right? This is all of our first, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know anybody who was, who was born in 1917 or in 1918 for the Spanish flu. So I get it. This is all of our first, you know, global Rodeo. pandemic. Yeah. This is this our first pandemic? And hopefully the last. And, well, yeah, who knows? Uh, this thing, you know, may keep circling around for a while, like you said. Um, and we're going to learn to live with it. Well, look at it. In 1985, it, people you know who got AIDS died. Right, that was a death sentence. Well, and now people live with that. And but also to to use that analogy of the of AIDS, there were also some um, some uh, constituencies or some leadership or whatever that said that the best way to uh, stop the AIDS pandemic is to teach people abstinence. How does that work out? Right. Well, you've got abstinence for music, right? So now. you can't. I mean, you you can't fight AIDS with abstinence. We know you're playing on trying to natural. I mean, did people stop drinking during prohibition? I don't think so. No, they drink more. I think. Yeah, you tell people they can't do things, they do it more. Um, so, no, we are fine-tuning those protocols, but we're still going to need local leaders in, in positions of authority to push that rock uphill for us because we're not going to be able to do it. Um, the, what, the way this would work, um, Josh, is, first of all, talking about protocols and guidelines and all that, that all already exists. The industry has put out memo after memo, the stagehands have done it, Federation of Musicians have done it, the Event Safety Alliance, all that. Furthermore, everything we need is actually already in the state um, orders, but it's in different industries. Basically, how you operate in the performing arts arena is you combine elements of the music, video, TV production sector. Which is allowed. <clears throat> which is allowed. So the workforce is regulated. You take movie theater regulations, so the public end is allowed, and you also take, uh, supplementally, you take elements from the religious and cultural ceremonies, which will address how we do smaller scale gatherings of 25 or 30 people. The guidelines, the state already has those. I mean, we can make this problem very easy for them if they will listen. So I think what we really need, what I would like, I don't know if Steve agrees, but if our supervisors and our mayor would go on the record and say, Yes, we recognize that we have a problem in Santa Barbara, one of our most vibrant industries, because Santa Barbara has one of the most vibrant performing arts scenes in the country, starting from the street buskers going all the way up to the Granada and the Libero. If they will say one of our most vital aspects is dying because the state hasn't addressed it, if they will go on record to say that, we'll be happy to just say, here is what we propose, and then they can take it to Sacramento. Now... I'm not advocating for you to make the city council meetings longer, but have you talked about... That's not possible. <laughs> uh, oh, have you talked about maybe maybe you can get an item on the agenda? You can make a presentation. You can get it out there in front of them because obviously they can, they can read it, they can listen to it, they can pretend as though they kind of know something about it, but they cannot deny it anymore when it's on the agenda. So you get two council members, put it on there, and it's an issue. Not that I'm giving my political my advice. experience is um, <laughs> I've been in contact with the mayor several times. Yeah. She said I support you, but there's nothing I can do. Um, I wrote one council member who never wrote me back. So I'm not particularly encouraged to go. I mean, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't need to go to a Josh, meeting for me to tell me now. But I think Josh makes a point because it's easy for a private conversation between a council member or the city manager or somebody to go say whatever they want to say. Right. But if you're taking up, uh, you know, 12, 15 minutes of a city council meeting, I don't know what they give you for a presentation. They all seem to be sort of interminable. 
but um, that, that, he's right. Um, and I think we're there. I think we're now finally to the point, uh, based on a variety of factors, uh, going purple, or red rather. I keep getting that wrong. It seems like it should go from purple to red to me. But, um, let's, let's not mess with that. But, but you know, we're, 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 we're approaching a new tier. And by the way, I don't, I don't know. We're already in the new tier. Yeah, well, but then they the said, day, but yeah. then the, the county health gal said, but we need to be there for two weeks or something. Before. Well, no, we, were, we already are there. When we right. were past, we, we've done our two yeah. weeks. So, um, and I don't know if they're still lumping in North County. I know we got the, the prison out of the yeah. equation, but it's like a lot of things. I mean, I think some of the North County cities are not doing as well. I think the South Coast, by and large, is doing shockingly well. And I don't want to jinx anything. Right. You know, it's a knock on wood statement. But um, I really do think that we are to the point now of trying to get on an agenda. And we, I think, have at least two council members that are sympathetic to our cause. Um, I think there's a two or three council, or at least two, that cover the State Street Corps. And I, yeah. again, I don't mean to just pick on that. Because, for instance, you know, Kostis keeps talking about concerts for 30 to 50 people. You could put 500 people in and around the sunken garden at the courthouse and have them be 10 feet apart. Yeah. You can put 500 people in La Playa Stadium and have controlled ingress and egress. You can take temperatures. You can you can make... I mean, I have people who make that happen. I'll pay them to tape out seats, to do all that. It can be outdoors. We can play a concert for an hour. Most people don't need to use the bathroom if the concert is only an hour. There will be no beverages, you know, whatever. And I can put the band down on the field 100 feet away from everybody. The protocols for how my workforce is going to work are already there. Um, how you protect your players, how do we deal with brass instruments, wind instruments, singers, you know, whatever. That's already there. And they agree with the musicians' union. Um, we can do this, but, you know, it requires some imagination and some courage on the part of the, the authority. Which is totally lacking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve Costis, I really appreciate you taking the time to bring this really important issue uh, out. And uh, good luck to you. Maybe I'll be covering you uh, at a meeting, bringing this issue uh, right directly square in front of their eyes. We can only hope. We appreciate you uh, helping us con to continue to drive this message home. And that's the other thing. We're really encouraging people who see our Facebook posts and to see things online to just keep regenerating this. It's we. We live in a remote control society where you push the button and every three seconds your attention span has moved on to something else. And we can't let this get marginalized again. We must continue the message in the same way any cause needs the message to happen. You know, whether it's, you know, so other social issues, I don't want to call anybody out, but, but the success will be to not let up on the messaging. And for that, we're eternally grateful that you're helping us with that. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. And thanks to Kiva Cowork for supporting these podcasts. You can find them where you find all podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google. You can find uh, an archive of them at SantaBarbaraTalks.com.